Too many who know the angles Uncover and untangle All the questions and the webs left out to tangle be in Dangle Osden, and I own every issue of Amazing Spider-Man, including the annuals, which definitely count. And I'm mischievous Mark Chinacchio, and I own every issue of Amazing Spider-Man, but the annuals do not count. Welcome to the Amazing Spider-Talk, the show where two fans and collectors uncover the strange, fun, and fascinating history of the Spider-Man comic universe. Thanks for joining us for this review episode of the Amazing Spider-Talk. Yeah, today on the show, Dan and I are going to be discussing Sinister War number one. Talk about not counting, right, Dan? I mean, this is a sub-series that connects to Amazing Spider-Man, but I digress. Uh, this issue was written by Nick Spencer with art by Mark Bagley, inks by Andrew Hennessy, John Dell, and Andy Owens, colors by Brian Reber, and letters by VCs Joe Caramunga. The cover is by Brian Hitch and Paul Mounts. Uh, the issue was first released on July 14th, 2021. What? Well, this is one of those weird instances where, like, you joke that this is like some, like, you know, backup fill-in thing, but this really feels like the primary story. And Amazing Spider-Man, the tie-in to this, seems like it's maybe not quite as much the primary driving force. We've seen this before, I think, like, I want to say Venom Inc., but that's probably not right. There was another event recently where I feel like they handled the book similarly, where Amazing Spider-Man felt like the backup Maybe it was clone conspiracy, and I, I don't know how I feel about this, but this just feels like just another issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, it's true. I mean, like, I, you know, all joking aside in terms of how it's titled, I mean, but yeah, this this feels, you know, especially in compared to ASM, like like the 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 main story through here, um, and you know, this is, and it's certainly in typical Spencer fashion over the last three years, kind of just uses you know that that first part of the arc to 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 put all the pieces out there you know what i mean like like we're really just laying it all out there even even just in some instances paying quick lip service to something but like just establishing like these are going to be the story beats that we're going to be focusing on here so i mean you know this is this does count in terms of if you care about this story you need to read this comic <laughs> yeah i agree with that although and i i, I see it in the notes here so you agree with me on this uh is that like as fun, and I think this is a really fun issue and a really good issue of Amazing Spider-Man, or rather Sinister War, you know, I, and I see, like you said, it's putting all the pieces on the table and setting up all the players, just like we did in the, the prelude issue. As much as I love watching all this happen, the Sinister Six and, and, and so on, 
I'm not really sure how all these things relate to each other other than they feel like dominoes kind of falling. And I don't know that that's necessarily a negative. Like, I'm not sure how some of this ties into Kindred. And I think we're going to find out. But right now, it just kind of feels like a grudge match uh, with this other thing going on in the background. And I have a feeling they're going to dovetail. But I still feel a little tenuous on, like... What is this story actually about? Like, why are all of these teams of people going to be brought in? And I think I just need to be patient. But right now, I still like I, I don't have an over like, you know, a helicopter view of what this story is going to be. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100 percent. And and I mean, for me, it's, it, you know, like even frankly, even if it does end up dovetailing nicely, I mean, you know, a part of me does. Yeah, you know, not not to prejudge, but it it part of me does wonder like, you know, what what would be what would be better comics right now? Like a big resolving kindred story or like, you know, just kind of a a six issue romp of, you know, all these villains coming after Spider-Man and and him having to overcome those odds. I mean, it seems like we're getting both here or or presuming we're going to get both here and you know, it could it could end up being magic and how it all ties together. But like, it does seem like we're really trying to get a lot out in a short amount of time. And this is this needle is going to have to be thread really well in order for it to truly work and to feel satisfying. So it's 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 a tall order for sure. I think the other thing is the threat doesn't seem like inherently Peter based. Like, you know, we've got, you know, Vulture and, and his crew, you know, coming in the Savage Six and they're not even really there related to Spider-Man in any way. They're there kind of to get revenge on Mysterio and Mary Jane for like shenanigans on on set. You know, I would say like maybe the Sinister Six is a little more Spider-Man oriented because they've kind of been sent out by Kindred to retrieve Mary Jane. So obviously that is directly tied to Peter and Spider-Man. He does kind of feel like a player in someone else's war. Like he, he's Switzerland or something because the book is very Spider-Man oriented. So like in terms of my overall thoughts, I thought this was a strong issue also because like most strong issues of Spider-Man, I felt like Peter had a real voice and I, and I always love reading that, you know, for all the knocks on Spencer, when he does write Peter, he does a good job of it. Kind of reminded me too of like how hunted was set up too in that same vein. You know, it's like we have all these pieces in here, but, and, and Spider-Man is, kind of at the center of it, but is he, you know? <laughs> I have more faith that this one is truly about Spider-Man than Hunted. Like, I can see the kindred of it all really bringing it in. And, you know, I still remain optimistic for this story, you know, based on the issues that we've read of it so far. You know, in terms of, like, you know, tropes we've been getting for a while now, uh, this this issue does open up with... Uh, more Doctor Strange Mephisto talk about Spider-Man and Peter. And I don't know, like, I, I, I know that these little sequences are not designed to give us all the information. In fact, I think they're designed completely for the opposite, to not give us information. But it does <laughs> it, 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 it does kind of feel like the new stall trick for Spencer, which is like, like let's throw a couple of panels of, of Strange and Mephisto here where we're totally like, tap dancing and referencing one more day and brand new day, but like, we're not actually saying anything about it. And, you know, and that's that. And, you know, don't cry about it. Cause that's, I'm the, I'm the writer and you're not. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, did you did you have any kind of res- like initial emotional response to seeing this again? I mean, I got excited that it came back. I think I'm I'm accepting of it only because it's been so long since we had that set up for that scenario, right? Like it's been at least what fifteen issues since. We saw Doctor Strange walk into Mephisto's place. I don't know what they've been doing in that time. He's just been standing there in Mephisto's door. I've always been standing in your door, Mephisto. I mean, in that case, that's that was a stall. Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, it was last remains when we when we when 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 we saw this. Uh, so that was a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, we definitely don't really get much new information here. I mean, I guess it is confirmed that, like, they are talking about Peter Parker's soul, right? Like, this is, if the last time they talked didn't confirm it was about one more day, this most definitely does, right? Like, Mephisto says, you know, hey, Peter gave it to me freely. And, And I like that he admits here, like, hey, you know, I thought it was out of character for him, but you'd be surprised what great pressures can do to someone. And, you know, I think that's about as close as we've gotten in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man for someone to suggest that, like, one more day was truly out of character for Peter. So so I'll take that acknowledgement as a win, you know, in, in some regard. So we, we kind of transfer over to MJ's red carpet movie debut. And, you know, I got to tell you, I mean, we, we, we talked a lot about this, I think, earlier in the Spencer run, which was kind of the very distinct and it felt very purposeful language that Peter would use in talking about MJ, you know, talking about this feels like a dream and this can't be happening. And, you know, this kind of reverential tones, which, you know, was almost kind of like, you know, bordering on like delusional. And I feel like we don't we don't get the questioning of dreaming and and reality here. But like, again, it's like, you know, he's he's kind of monologuing about MJ. And I don't know, there's something about the tone here that kind of feels ominous. It's like, you know, things like the Hollywood ending she deserves uh, feels very foreboding. To me, this kind of feels like, you know, when you're watching a movie or, or a TV show and they're like, you know, you have this interaction between two characters and it's like so pointed. You're like, OK, someone's about to die. <laughs> you know, like, like I, I don't I, I don't necessarily think they're going to kill MJ, but like they're setting something up here in in, in putting in using all of these um, platitudes and, and like this reverential language about her. I mean, don't you think I mean, doesn't it feel kind of pointed to you? Yeah, it, it definitely does. In some ways, it feels a little unearned because, like, the movie that she's making seems like it's garbage. I, I, I don't really know that we get a sense of how people feel about it, but I don't know. Maybe it's just that I didn't like the Amazing Mary Jane series very much. But, um, yeah, I, don't, I, I totally feel you on, on that. I did like the writing, though. Like, Peter kind of letting her have the spotlight and staying back. I mean... I have to say, like, you know, allowing it to be her moment. You know, in my life, my wife and I actually work at the same place. So we get to see each other at work, you know, which is interesting because, like, a lot of people don't have that kind of avenue to see their significant other, you know, doing their job. I got to admit, like, I I think I feel the same way Peter did in this comic where it's like when I see her doing something really competently or really uh, well and or see, you know, her on a big stage talking to kids or 
something like that. It it makes me kind of glow. Like I I I'm very proud of her, and I and I feel really good, and it's like really a warm moment. You know, my love radiates outward, so so we're, and and to reading Peter's kind of like appreciation of MJ here made me feel like that. I I, I connected to it, and again, I think it speaks to you know, like that these people work as well as a couple in these pages. And there's plenty of stories and and emotions to, to mine from them being together as opposed to apart. And like, you know, like I I found this connection to the comic in this way from my personal life. So I, I appreciated this, but you're right. There's a, well, I mean, I think it's more just that it's comics and like anytime anybody's truly happy, you know that there's like another corner to turn. Yeah, the so anvil's like, about to fall. You know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I was going to say, I think I glow when I hear Aaron on the annual podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the equivalent of you being a coworker to her. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> what do we think about MJ and the whole MJ Mysterio Peter dynamic that comes out here? Because it still kind of feels, I don't know. I don't buy that MJ would truly hide the fact that she was working with Mysterio from Peter. That it's that's still like a, a suspension of disbelief that I don't know I can do. I don't. I still don't buy it. I don't buy that that character would do that. And I wonder how much of that was like Nick Spencer's doing, or like like I know Leah Williams wrote that amazing Mary Jane story. Like I said again, I I really don't like that series. Uh, you know, it was canceled ultimately. And this is not to bash on any writer or anything. You know, I I just didn't like it. And it to me it felt like it didn't match up with what Spencer was trying to do. So I wonder how much this was truly by his design. It is weird to like read. And it's, it's not like MJ makes a great point later in this issue where she says, Hey, like people can be reformed, you know, your roommate and your ex-girlfriend, I think she's referring to Carly, you know, were criminals at, at one point. Although the Carly thing is a bit of a low blow. Well, maybe it's Felicia. Like, Oh, oh, you're right. I guess that's true. Felicia. I didn't think about that. Yeah. It pro- yeah. It's for, for Felicia. Silly me. I, I like that. I think it's a, a decent point. But I also think like their history with Mysterio goes far beyond that. Like both of them have been like tried to be killed by this guy. You, you, I just don't buy that. She would go, hey, this guy who's a master of illusions. He's a guy I trust. It's like he's inherently distrustful. The whole premise of the movie was based on a ruse. So, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, if there's one thing you know about Mysterio, it's don't trust this guy. So, I, I don't know. That really bugs me because I really don't think that she would. And you know, by the end of the issue, I think our point is proven right. Yeah, it's very true. Very, very true. I don't know. I saw a little bit of a, of an homage here, and maybe you know, maybe I'm overreading it. You know, we 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 get the Peter is you know hinting that he's got the he's got the ring in his pocket and he's ready to propose to MJ, and you know, kind of just as he's about to do that, you know, all of the villains start to show up. I mean, starting with the Savage Six, and to me that felt like that the early stages of one moment in time, which of course like retcons the wedding where they kind of show like, 
you know, Peter's on the way, you know, Spidey's on the way to the chapel and then like Electro interferes. And it's kind of like, is this, you know, I guess my thought was, is this Mephisto again, kind of using dark magic to, to set up an obstacle here to keep Peter and MJ from, from, you know, taking that next step. You know, it does seem like every time Peter's ready to do that now, I mean, that's kind of typical Spider-Man luck, of course, but there also seems to be like other things that are blocking it from happening. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm willing to like suggest that it it's some mystical interference, but it is very much like the Parker luck that he's preparing to do this proposal. And, you know, like we're being completely I mean, we were explicit before in seeing an engagement ring. But here we have Peter directly addressing it like he's got solid plans. It's something that he wants. And now that we know that Nick Spencer's run is coming to a close, like, you know, we're truly tying in the one more day and the marriage and stuff into all of this. Although I have to admit, I hate public proposals <laughs> and uh, it makes me kind of cringe that Peter was considering this. I, like, I just, I find them so, look, there's going to be someone listening to this that had a public proposal. Um, or I don't know, Mark, maybe you had a public proposal. I did not have um, a public proposal. No, I, I did not either. Um, I just kind of find them like attention seeking and it's, to me, like it seems, I don't know if I find, if I think that Peter's the kind of guy that would propose to someone at a Hollywood premiere. I, I, I don't know that I feel like that's something that he would do. Granted, his proposals in the past haven't been entirely smooth either. So, uh, you know, who's to say one way or the other? Just before the Savage Six like busts into the theater, we get this um, splash page from Bagley, and I generally like Bagley's art throughout this issue, but for whatever reason, like his Savage Six here bothered me. <laughs> like they all have these like kind of goofy grins on, and like I kind of get like, oh, they're smiling because they're about to ambush, uh, you know, Mysterio in the movie and Spider Man, but like I don't know, like they kind of just. It just looked weird to me. It looked, it looked un, unnervingly happy <laughs> and not threatening. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I, I buy that. I, I did like their silhouettes, though, like the way that he has them posing, like Cobra is like leaning over and I, like like almost like slithering over the edge. Like I felt like they, they he made them very distinct. Although I wanted to point out like Scorpion's involvement in this story. I mean, I don't know, Mark, if you've been reading Donny Cates' Venom, which I, I know wrapped up, but like there was this character named Virus that turned out to be Mac Gargan in like a like an, an alternate universe, like like Venom costume. At the end of the stories, like Virus Mac Gargan of six one six Earth got stuck in Earth like ten fifty one, so he's in another universe right now, like canonically. So like I even double checked on like uh, like the Marvel wiki pages and there's no story that has him traveling from one you know universe to the other. So I don't know how the hell Scorpion is here. Like he's supposed to be trapped in another dimension. Maybe we'll get that story someday, but like it, it, to me it's a yada yada. Um, <laughs> and I'm not a sticker for this stuff, but like I've always had a red flag for it after like Spider-Man. Right, because at the end of Spider-Man, it ends with our Mysterio getting stuck in the ultimate universe, right? So I remember during Secret Wars, the whole time I was thinking, like, is anybody going to acknowledge Mysterio or is he just going to die in the ultimate universe? In the incursions, um, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how Scorpion is here. 
because he's supposed to be in another universe. So uh, I don't think it will ever be addressed if I had to put money on it. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to note it. Yeah, good to I, I duly noted, Dan, duly noted. I mean, with, with that said, I thought like this was the, the fight scene that ensued was kind of good, good chaos, good visual chaos. Spidey is like very dominant and, and you know, making jokes. He does say at one point, oh, MJ can take care of herself and then some, you know, in one breath, I kind of appreciate them not always treating Mary Jane as a damsel in distress. But like at the same token, I mean, Peter is just a, was just about to propose to her. And now he's just kind of like, ah, she's fine. <laughs> like, you know, six of my deadly enemies are here, but she's fine. I don't know. Did you did you have a response to, to that at all? Well, my response was more that like he says that and then like the next several pages are spent saving her from villains. So it's like it's kind of a weird note. I thought some of the like as as visually distinct as I thought these scenes were like I thought Bagley and Brian Reber's colors really did a good job of like navigating a very crowded crowd scene and making it easy to distinguish you know, that's not always been the case on Spider-Man artists in, in these big books. And and for Bagley's credit, like he doesn't skimp on the details in big crowd scenes. I thought some of the jokes in writing here were kind of lame. Like th- there's a scene where like, you know, they're saying, oh, Mary Jane's a damsel in distress. And then Spider-Man pops in and he's like, you know, punching Tarantula. And he's like, you're the one that seems to be distressed now. And it's like, ah, Ooh, burn. Yeah, Spencer, you can do better. You're funnier than this. No, there's some good lines in this issue, but yeah, that's not one of them. (laughs) I just thought that this scene, like the the writing didn't pop quite the same way that the art did. Yeah. I just say, I I really, in terms of both visual and then the the text that followed, I liked the Mysterio reveal. He's like, it's it's me all along. I am the magician. (laughs) And you... And then I liked as Mysterio and Vulture are fighting, Vulture is like, you you know, like, you know, he's got beef with him over the movie thing. And he's like, you made me look like a fool, even if I like the casting. I don't know. I, I That made me that was a chuckle line for me. Uh. <laughs> and then, you know, the Sinister Six show up and um, there's this great splash of them bursting through. I mean, this poor movie theater just had two <laughs> separate groups burst in. I mean, the pandemic wasn't bad enough. They got two giant holes in the wall. I love, first of all, I love that they come in declaring that they're the Sinister Six, even though there's only five of them. But it was a really cool looking page. I mean, I don't know. Mark Bagley drawing Spider-Man villains. I'm, I'm there. Yeah, I'm there for yeah. that. Especially the classic rogues. It's, it's always good with that. And I, I just kind of like that, you know, you got all this chaos going on right now. And even Spider-Man is kind of like, yeah, I can't figure out like the who, what, where and why is right now. But I just got to like handle this. And it's like, it's basically like... Yeah, I know it's a car wreck, but aren't car wrecks fun to look at? You know, <laughs> it seems to be <laughs> the general vibe of this comic right now. But and it's true, it is. It's, it's this is this is fun to look at, and it's fun, kind of fun to like keep the score of like, wait, who's here? Who's doing what? And and you know, as you know, uh, Bagley's art really does a good job of like defining the action and defining who's doing what. So even with all these characters and all this cross stuff going on you don't really lose the thread of what's happening which i think is really key here because it could otherwise be easy to lose so right everybody is like bashing each other's brains in i thought there was some really cool like panels where like 
pairs up Spidey villains against each other. You know, like when are you going to see like Tarantula fighting Dr. Octopus? It doesn't happen all the time, but it, it's fun to see that kind of like, it's not Spider-Man fighting them. They're fighting each other. And that, that's, that's a, that's like the kind of chaos I'm, I'm all here about. And then it concludes where Mysterio kind of grabs MJ and re- really admits that this is all about the Mephisto deal. Like, the, the Kindred stuff has always all been about the Mephisto deal. And I don't know that we've really had confirmation of that here. And here it acts almost like, yeah, of course you know this. Like, let's just keep going, you know? And I, I appreciated that, you know, Mysterio says, the devil always gets his due and steals MJ away. You know, it does kind of, it's kind of weird, like he says that because it's like, are you working for... Mephisto or Kindred? I guess the devil is like, it's weird to be in a universe where you have that phrase and the devil's a real dude. <laughs> but, right, so I mean, he's referring to Kindred, but so what do we so think he kind Mys- of like takes her away. Yeah. So, so what do we think Mysterio's motivations are here? Here Because like he's got MJ alone. Is, is he trying to, 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 but we know earlier in the prelude, he accepts Otto's offer to join the sick, the sinister six. So what's, what's Mysterio's game here? Do you think? Well, that element I didn't particularly understand. I mean, the capturing MJ thing, you know, as much as I understand Kindred's motivations, which is to say none, I understand Mysterio's motivations, which is to stay on the good side of Kindred, right? So Kindred wants MJ, he's going to deliver it. Right. Which was my understanding before the whole Hollywood storyline was like, Hey, I need MJ out of the picture for whatever reason, you know, give her this role in this movie and go do all that nonsense. Right. And like my number one critique of amazing Mary Jane was like, it did nothing with that setup that Kindred was, you know, it almost swerved in the other direction, which was make Mysterio a good guy when he was acting on the orders of Kindred. So like here, it seems like we're at least kind of pivoting back towards what I think that storyline was meant to be is that, you know, Mysterio, for all of his desires to escape Kindred and maybe live a normal life, is getting pulled back into the Kindred, you know, story because he does owe the guy. He pulled him out of hell. So he's going to deliver MJ no matter how he feels about it. Yeah, although there's still a level of sympathy for Mysterio. So we'll see how this truly plays out. We do get a, a, a Kindred-Peter confrontation, although, like, you know, it's in the midst of all this other chaos. So I don't know if it really ads or detracts. I mean, you know, but we have it. <laughs> I did like about the sequence, the consistency of Kindred's lair, you know, like we've had these sequences with him, like all these mirrors and smashing through the mirrors and things like that, that could just be really trippy, but that they keep coming back each time I think is interesting. So it suggests there's like a real physicality. And in many ways it makes that threat real in a way that like some other trippy visuals probably like, like wouldn't, and I'm like, oh, we're re- revisiting the same like, graveyard setting. I mean, look, do I feel like it should have been wrapped up in like, you know, Sin's Rising Last Remains? Yeah, but um, <laughs> at least we're like revisiting the scene of the crime again. I-, I thought like that visual consistency like made me buy into it a bit more. That brings us to the, the, the last scene here, which is we're back to Doc Strange with Mephisto. And he's like you know what, this doesn't, this doesn't add up. He wouldn't, Peter Parker would never, 
give his soul to you. Uh, and and Mephisto's like, well, why don't, why, don't we, why don't we make a little wager on it? So they're 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 at like the roulette wheel, and and Mephisto is like, red or black? And I gotta ask you, Dan, and and maybe I'm like not thinking of something very obvious here. I mean, red or black is black is obviously a a roulette term, you know, in terms of making your bets, but like. Again, it just feels very intentional and pointed. So I'm trying to think, what else could they be referring to here? I don't really know. I mean, like, uh, you know, maybe there's the case to be made of Spider-Man's costume coloring. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm expecting them to take up that bet and then it, for it to land on zero and green. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I can't imagine this whole thing would be like ended on just a like a fate of chance because that's like a writer's way of like anytime a writer makes something about chance, it's kind of a cheat because it's not really chance. The writer gets to choose. Yeah. (laughs) Right. There's one God and it's the writer and chance doesn't really exist unless that writer is truly like rolling a dice and is very transparent about it. Like I think about, um, the like the death of Robin, you know. Uh, yes. You know, yeah. Will he get killed by Joker yeah. or call, not? Call our hotline right. and determine. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Like that. That's what we're getting in this book is call the spider hotline, and you know, I I don't believe that those guys would do that because they can't even seem to get a consistent letters page put together. So you know, we're not doing a voting thing here. So I don't really know what that's in reference to. I mean. I have a feeling that Strange is not going to take him up on his bet, like betting Peter's soul on red or black. But getting like a 49% chance to like restore the status quo in Spider-Man after all these years, I'd take that bet. (laughs) Do you want to do grades? Yeah, sure. I'm giving this thing a B. I thought this was a really solid start to this storyline. Yeah, I mean, Dan, I'm right there with you, as we tend to be with most comic book reviews. Just not everything else in life, but that's okay. Because <laughs> we, we only you make it get... sound like we don't agree about anything. No, no, we we do, we do, but we seem to agree most on comics, which is funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, so a B for me as well. Yeah, this was fun. Like I said, it's kind of like a fun car wreck. I do hope we get a little more direction about how all these plots are supposed to really intertwine you know spoiler alert in the next episode we do if we're gonna get that <laughs> but let's 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 stay tuned maybe sinister war number two will be a different story yeah i mean i guess the way i feel about it is like i would be hotter on this if i didn't have a kind of deja vu feeling about it you, you know like i feel like we've been there done that before i mean it's bigger than it was before but like i you know I, i've been ready for this to happen for 25 plus issues so yeah awesome all right mark well why don't you take us home yeah dan it's that time of course time for the good things that we do to come to an end so we want to say thank you uh to you the listeners and for those of you who are viewing for tuning in to this episode of the amazing spider talk yeah as always this episode was edited by rick coast with production support from andy myers our artwork comes handcrafted by artists Ron Friend, Sal Buscema, and Ray Sumzer. Our theme songs were produced by Rylan Bojack, Tony Thaxton, and Spider Madge. This episode was originally released on our Patreon as a live stream hangout with us back when the comic was first released. So if you'd like to help support our show's continued existence and these reviews while joining us on the live stream, why not head on over to our Patreon, sign up, and listen to all the episodes and get all caught up with what's going on in the world of Amazing Spider-Man. 
So, Mark, until we gamble over your soul on the roulette wheel, what's our motto? Ooh, that's something. Our motto, of course, is with great podcasts, there must also come the amazing spider talk. Don't, don't miss the next installment.